Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And welcome to the latest edition of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. This week, I'm talking to composer Nathan Lanier, who works across film, television, and video games. He is well known for his signature cinematic dance music on projects such as So You Think You Can Dance, Dancing with the Stars, a whole bunch of other dancing-related things. He has scored over 20 feature films, including Justin Bieber's Believe, Gem and the Holograms, Max Steel, High Strung. He's also scored TV shows such as the uh, Microsoft Halo 4 Forward Until Dawn miniseries and his latest project which is Home Before Dark, a new mystery drama on Apple TV+. Home Before Dark is a really interesting looking series. It's actually based on a true story, believe it or not, despite the fact that it is about a nine-year-old child who uh, uncovers this murder mystery case in her hometown. It's a really, really interesting story. It's not a kid's show. It is definitely aimed as a full-blown drama. It's directed by John Enchu, who is the director of the hugely successful Crazy Rich Agents, who um, Nathan has worked with many times before. It has also already been renewed for a second season, and if you want to catch the first season of Home Before Dark. It is out right now, released today, the day this podcast is released, which is the uh, 3rd of April. So um, if you've got Apple TV Plus, you can go and watch that right now. Nathan was responsible for the music on the project, but we do talk quite a lot about not only his music, but also the show itself. So it was a really interesting discussion. One of the central themes of the show is to empower and give children a voice in society. So uh, Nathan talks about how he manages to transpose that over into the score. And um, Um, the various instruments he used and uh, other things that he used to help do that. It's a really fascinating interview. He was a lovely, lovely guy to talk to and uh, it's really, really fun. So uh, here's the interview with Nathan Lanier. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. 
Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Hi, Nathan. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, under circumstances of the crazy world we live in right now. But <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereabouts are you based? Are you LA? Yes, I'm in, I'm in LA. Yes, so you're on full lockdown as well. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's, you know, the benefit... Uh, is uh, I get lots of time with the wife and kids uh, up close and personal. Yes. I guess the downside is, is uh, there is no respite from that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the downside of that being you get lots of time with the wife and kids. As well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm, you know, super grateful. We're all healthy. Uh, we have, uh, thankfully, we have a house that has a backyard. So that's uh, good. Yes. And it's LA. So most of the time we have, uh, you know, wonderful weather. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, it could be worse. You could be stuck in an apartment somewhere in New York, which I, I imagine is uh, a bit stressful at the moment. <laughs> you know, I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, I used to live in New York. That's right. uh, uh, where I went to school. My wife and I got married there. We lived in an apartment. And, you know, one of the reasons we moved out here, aside from just you know, work, but, uh, was just like, you know, we don't want to raise kids in New York. Yeah. You know, we, and uh, now it's looking like that was a really good decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the advantage of being in LA is the fact that you're naturally socially distanced from everybody else because it's everybody's so far apart from everything else in LA. So. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, anytime anyone goes somewhere, it's always in their car, which is, uh, you know, yeah, a confined yeah. airtight space anyways. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, no, we're, uh, you know, we're making the, the best of it. Uh, my wife and I are both uh, trying to work. The kids are trying to do their school. So we're all going from like room to room. Okay, who gets what room for what meeting and who gets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's nuts. Yeah, no, it's great. For the first time in my life, you know, by law, I'm not allowed to be around people. And so, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I, you know, my wife is pushing me out the door. You need, you need to be around people. You need to <laughs> no, but, I can't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's lovely to be able to sit and uh, chat with you and uh, talk about some of your stuff because I'm um, huge fan of Apple Plus. I got it the moment it came out and it's had some great shows on it. And uh, this new one looks really good as well, which is Home Before Dark, which you've done the music for. So before we get into that, should we do a little bit of background? How did you get into composing in the first place well um <laughs> let's see uh I'll, I'll try to give you the uh, the short version yeah um uh, you, you know when i was little i uh, my mom decided you, for for whatever reason she wanted me to play the violin right. so when i was like four or five years old started playing violin and then as i got a little bit older i, I uh, uh would like write songs at the piano and i wasn't necessarily that into music or i didn't realize i was that into music until one day i was sitting in front of uh the tv um, this is, you know, way back in the 80s. And uh, I'm watching John Williams, An Evening at the Pops. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, they're, and they're performing Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Right. And it was uh, something about that just spoke to the core of who I am. And I sat there and it was mesmerized. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. I don't know how. I don't even know what this is. 
but I want, I, I want this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so that was definitely you know, like the first defining moment. And then, you know, later I, uh, eventually, I, I guess I'm glad I kept up my violin studies because I ended up going to music school in New York and uh, studying violin. And, uh, but I was also, I was always very fascinated with film and I was always taking my, my, my grandma's uh, video camera, VHS recorder back in the day and making home movies. And so I loved movies and I loved music. Then you know, when I was in music school in New York, every day I would walk down the street because you walk everywhere in New York, right? Yeah. So uh, I would walk past a film shoot every day on my <laughs> way to my music studies. And I always felt like there was just something, uh, it was calling. It was like, ah, maybe I should have gone that direction instead. And then one day I discovered as an elective, I could take an introduction to film music. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little class. And I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. And so I called the professor. I was like, hey, look, I'm not a composer major. I've written like maybe five things in my entire life just for fun. Can I come to the class? And he was, and he was like, oh yeah, no, it's for everybody. Just, just come and check it out. And I started that class and that very first class changed my life forever. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I found it. The thing I was looking for, yeah. it's like, I, I have to do this. And my mindset from that point on, shifted to completely making that dream a possibility, uh, including using some of my student loan money to like buy a computer and some gear. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, cause I, I didn't need to eat, you know, that, yeah, no, of course you need music stuff, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> and so anyways, that's, that, that was kind of the very beginning. And then, uh, I went to, I ended up going to NYU for my master's and getting film scoring. And then, you know, I did some assistant work here and there and, uh, eventually moved out to LA and just started hustling and, you know, yeah. meeting filmmakers and eventually, started scoring stuff. I think I got my first feature and they paid, it was like this uh, Kung Fu film and they, yeah. it was basically stunt guys who wanted to make their own movie because they never get to be the star. They're always kind of behind the scenes. <laughs> right, so they, yeah, yeah. they thought, let's, you know, let's make our own movie. And so I don't even remember how I got hooked up with them, but um, I ended up scoring their film. You know, they paid me like 500 bucks to write like, you know, 90 minutes of music, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I was hungry. I, yeah. I need I I was going to determine to make it happen. So and then from then on, I think like most people, it's all about uh, relationships and yeah. just uh, you work with one person, they recommend you to somebody else. And then eventually you start getting a little bit better at the craft and people recognize, oh, hey, he's you know, he's got something to offer. So that was kind of how I got into it and i've been been doing it for a while now so yeah yeah so how did home before dark come to you then that came through john m chu uh john and i've worked together right, yeah. for uh for many years on a variety of different projects and uh we're uh and we're good friends and john is very good about you know finding the right people for the right project mm. um and so this project came along and uh he thought it'd be a good fit for it he thought it that it would be something I would that would spark my interest that I would enjoy. And so uh, he reached out to me, see if I was interested in it. And he told me about, you know, what it's based on, which is this there's this real girl, this real nine year old girl yeah. uh, that was out there. She ended up solving, getting a scoop on a it was something like a 30 year old cold case, uh, <laughs> a, a, a murder. Uh, at nine years old. And yeah. so I thought, well, that's, that's fascinating. You know, and I grew up in the eighties also 
which I consider kind of the golden years, uh, or at least one one of the golden eras of of, of cinema. And so uh, I love anything that has to do with seeing the world through a child's eyes. That always fascinates Mm. me. Uh, Maybe it's because I'm still a child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, It's just whether or not you choose to embrace it. And uh, (laughs) and so, you know, Todd was right. I was definitely interested. I was like, this sounds like a lot of fun. And I also enjoy projects that are fun and interesting, but that have a lot of heart to them. And I, and I think that's one of the things that this show has. It centers, for the most part, centers around this family of this girl. And, uh, you know, I'm a family man myself. And so I can identify with uh, a lot of the characters, a lot of the situations. And Dana and Dara, they did such an amazing job. Just, uh, this, you know, this is their baby that, mm. that they created. And they did such an amazing job writing this show and just bringing these characters alive and in such a a real authentic way. I I feel like, you know, when the the characters are talking, if they're just sitting in the kitchen yapping at each other, it feels like a conversation I had earlier that day with my family. Right. You know, (laughs) which I'm I'm sure I'm sure Dana draws on her experiences with her own family as well. But uh, yeah, anyways, the the idea with seeing things through kids eyes and putting kids in adult situations and just kind of getting to experience it for the first time with them. And also, uh, you know, just the interesting the honesty that kids bring to a situation. If you've yeah. ever been around kids yeah, within yeah. the first two minutes, they say something that's incredibly honest, maybe not appropriate yeah. uh, in terms <laughs> yeah. of what adults feel should be said or not said, but uh, they're incredibly honest. And so I think that's a fun part of the show. I like things like that. So yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so I got, I got involved through John and then he got me on a call with Dana Fox, uh, the showrunner and, 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 and producers, uh, and creators, uh, Dara Resnick and Joy Gorman. And we, we just got on the phone and we just started talking and to see if it was something that might work and sound like it was something right up my alley. It's an incredible looking show and it sounds ridiculous that it's based on a true story because it seems so unbelievable as well. Um, I know. (laughs) Yeah, for you, how did you start approaching the music for it? Well, one of the first conversations that we had when we were discussing, you know, what the musical needs of the show would be was actually it wasn't even a creative discussion. I think one of the very first things that we discussed was they said that, you know, one of the principal themes of the show is empowering children, giving them a voice in the world. And so one of the very first things they said, which was a little bit intimidating, they said, one of the things we'd really like to do is we'd like to have actual kids like play on the score or, (laughs) or, or sing in the score, do be involved in the process. And so at first I'm like, um, if I say no, is that a deal breaker? <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, because I'm just thinking of the, I love the spirit of it, but I'm also thinking of the logistics of it. It's yeah. like, so I have to write how much music a week and that, <laughs> That's nearly that sounds, impossible with professional musicians. Yeah, uh, how, how? sounds like herding cats to me. Um, that that um, exactly. Yeah. But I love the spirit of it. And so, um, yeah. and and that's one of the things I always love about John is he's always he's always thinking out of the box and coming up with these wonderfully crazy ideas that I have to figure out. And so, <laughs> and so we we tossed around the idea and we thought it would be cool. And actually, we've somewhat similar things like on some other projects we've done in the past, like Gem and the Holograms. 
yes. um, where we had you know, kids participate in, in, in certain ways in the, in the movie and in the music and, and things like that. And so ultimately what we came up with that would work best, especially once we started kind of developing what the actual sound of the show would be is uh, we decided to have a children's choir. Right. Yeah. And it worked out well because I mean, then we're literally giving the children a voice in the, yes. in the story. <laughs> so that's what we did. We, um, some of the more beautiful parts of the score have this children's choir. We put together a 16 piece children's choir and, uh, the kids were just absolutely magnificent to work with. They bring such just, um, as you discussed before about, you know, just the, the honesty of children, hmm. there's just something in their, even just in their voice, there's this emotional honesty that they bring to the music. That's just magical. One of the tricks as a composer though, was and we all kind of agreed on this at the beginning is, you know, the show's not a, it's, this is not a magical show. There's no magic. There's, no. You know, this is, this is based in reality. And so very often because of over the years, typically in the film or TV show, when you have a children's choir, it's, it's been associated with a fantasy genre right, of some yeah, type. Yeah. And so we wanted to try to avoid that because that's, that's not what we were going for. So I had to be very cognizant of that as I was uh, writing and arranging the vocal parts. We wanted to sound a little more authentic and grounded, not so fantastical, almost as if some kids got together and they were singing together for fun or they put their own right. little group together and they were singing for like, what might that sound like? Yeah. And so it was super fun working with the kids. They bring such great energy to the process. I, I think they had a lot of fun. So where did you find the kids for it? Jasper Randall, vocal contractor. Okay. Um, he did the contracting and reached out and very quickly found us the kids that we needed. Uh, actually, my, my, my oldest son, he actually sings. Right. And so we were able to have him on the score as well, which was kind of fun for me it's, it, just to be able to have a project that we could uh, do together and you know, we have something that we can listen back on and be like, Hey, that's, you know, yeah, th th that was something we did together. So that was fun. And so it was, it was nice having him on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheap as well. <laughs> well, well, it's actually, uh, thankfully we, we have big enough budget. We, we did everything through SAG and oh, right, um, good. there yeah. are, there are child labor laws that I do have to follow. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose so, even if it's your own kids, yeah, then maybe, <laughs> you know, so I do have to <laughs> make sure I do this. I don't know how cheap, it is but uh <laughs> oh, wow. but but yeah no uh, it was it was wonderful being able to, to work with him and, and all the kids and uh, we did a combination of things there was a couple of songs that they did some covers of right that are in the in the show and then they also sing on the score kind of in the background as well it's a tricky balance because there are a couple of ways like you say fantasy kind of genres tend to have that sort of child choir and the other end is the sort of horror genre, which tends to have children singing. And it's, I guess it's finding a balance somewhere that isn't either of those. Yeah. And I'll be honest, it took a little bit of time because, you know, it's funny, just one voicing or one note this direction or that direction puts it in a completely different genre. Yeah. So it took a little bit of maneuvering and figuring it out. But once I finally kind of solved the equation, it just kind of fell into place and it felt right. And it's also a matter of where it's used in yes. the score and in the show. You know, there's certain places that uh, I tried to put it in that didn't work. Like you just said, like a, like a horror kind of thing. Anything that got real suspenseful or anything like that, I tend 
tended not to have the children's choir in there because then it, it took it to a different place that didn't, yeah. didn't feel right. And we really wanted the, the voice of the children to have a reverence to it. And so we kind of reserved that for moments of nobility and innocence and purity. Because the main character of the show, Hildy, she's a nine-year-old girl with, with this relentless pursuit of the truth. Hmm. And so I think I tried to reserve the choir moments when we're representing that. Yeah, it's a really interesting sounding show because although you've got very much a nine-year-old that is the lead in it, it's not a kid's show led by a kid. It's an, an adult drama or a standard drama that is, yes. just happens to have a child in the lead. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's family friendly in the sense I, I do feel like it's a show that families can watch together. Yeah. But to call it a kid's show would be like calling one of the great, you know, Pixar movies, calling that a cartoon. It, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of disrespectful to say that because that's exactly. really not. Yeah. There's there's an there's an emotional depth and seriousness to it that it's really it really is an adult show that uh, yeah. that kids can watch with their parents. Yeah, and you know the adults can kind of figure out what, what age their kid feels it you know it's appropriate uh, yeah. to watch it. I never recommend an age for uh, a parent for their kid to watch something because <laughs> every <laughs> having my own kids you know. Every parent has a different set of standards and because every child is different. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's a, it is a show that deals with a murder case in any case. So, so you know, I mean, that, that. A murder case, a child abduction, you know, yeah. th these are these are serious things. But the show really does have something for everybody. I mean, it might sound a little weird at first. It's like, wait, how? How is this a fun show, but also have that serious of topic? And, I, it, you know, it walks that fine line and I think it balances it out really well. On top of the uh, the things like the children's choir, what, what other instruments and other things are you using in there? The core of the score, I would say, is probably primarily orchestral with kind of a hybrid twist. There are some... Uh, some interesting synths that I incorporate into it. And there's, well, for instance, like uh, the Hildy's father, he's kind of this tormented character because, you know, he's got this friend who was abducted when yeah. he was a kid. And as you watch, he clearly he has not dealt with this. And so, <laughs> you know, he's got this kind of haunting past. And so I actually use um, a lot of solo piano for him because piano, it's interesting Piano simultaneously can have an incredible warmth to it, but it also a cold yeah. disconnect quality to the sound as well. So he's got solo piano on it. There's a lot of sleuthing and sneaking around with the kids. And so that was an interesting challenge because we didn't want to make it too, it is fun and, and lighthearted and adventurous, but we didn't want to make it too kiddy and too, mm. too frivolous and too silly. And so it's trying to find a way to do the whole sneaking around investigating thing without it sounding like Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Pink Panther, I mean, that's, gosh, what amazing music. It, course, it's marvelous, yeah. but, but, it's very, I mean, it's... but it's a comedy. I mean, yeah. and, but very often when we hear vibes or hi-hat or something, <laughs> yes. know, it conjures up a very specific idea. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, so how do we do the sleeping without going in that direction? And so I tried to find instruments that would in spirit represent that. So we get the idea, but um, that have a little more seriousness to or serious tone or quality to them. One of the instruments that I found that worked really well was an interesting instrument called an array and And it's basically this hollow box 
with metal tines attached to it that you pluck and it has this youthful vibrant funness to it but it simultaneously it also has somewhat of a haunting quality Mm. obviously i don't want to use like a toy piano because that can either be super silly or super scary (laughs) so this was a this was an interesting timbre that just kind of sat well in what i was looking for and it's basically based on kind of old african ancient instrument right yeah. um but it's a modernized version of that so that instrument works really well use that a lot to kind of create the ticking clock mystery aspect of the story and it adds a unique sound to the show um also use tongue drum a lot that was another one it's like okay i don't want to use marimba or vibes so the tongue drum i also use that kind of in a ticking clock time passage uh, thinking kind of way right. the gears are turning i use quite a bit of that and then well, as i mentioned you know uh, like hildy's father's kind of tormented i feel like there's actually a lot of adults in this show who have issues in in their past things that they've kind of bottled up and buried um that right. they haven't dealt with yeah. or don't want somebody to find out you know th- there's lots of mystery in the show kind of uncovering these things and people having to face their fears and their prejudices and their and whatnot and so one of the things, I, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but I have, uh, yeah. and it's, it's funny. It's funny because I, I try to talk about the show, but I don't want to give any spoilers away because there's so many twists and turns. And yeah, there's so many things I'm excited about for everyone to see that I can't talk about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one of the things I can mention since it's in the trailer is there's this videotape. That yes. seems to be at the center of this mystery. And so I actually created not a videotape theme per se, but it's more of a soundscape. And I don't know if you remember, but I, I'm old enough. I remember is that dealing with video cassettes, when oh, you yes, watch totally. a video cassette, yeah. they, they get kind of over time. If you watch them over and over again, they get kind of that warbly sound yeah. and you have to like fix the tracking on the box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to kind of capture that essence because the, what, really works in the show is you've got people who are really torn and also you're kind of torn as an audience because you're trying to figure out wait is this a good person or a bad person yeah yeah and and and, you know the reality is most people are both Mm. the percentages might go one way or the other but (laughs) it's an it's usually not just this clean cut that's just a wonderful human being there that's it you know we all have those you know those things and so i wanted the music to kind of reflect the pendulum swinging back and forth in to people's character. And so I wanted this videotape sound. And so I had kind of a processed cello sound and it's kind of warbly and it just creates this uneasiness that's underneath. And it tends to come back when we're doing something involving that's, you know, in the story aspect that's surrounding this videotape. And it kind of has this almost subconscious kind of seasick quality to it. Like the, the music might be actually you know, nice or beautiful or inspirational, but yet underneath it, there's this thing rubbing against you that tells you, uh, something's not right, or yeah. I don't feel good about this. And so it gives you kind of this emotional queasiness. <laughs> and awesome. so, uh, you know, things like that, uh, tried to incorporate into the show. So you're capturing both the nostalgia of kind of the eighties, but at the same time doing something new and interesting. Well, I have seen the trailer for it. It looks fabulous. And I'm really looking forward to being able to actually sit down and watch it properly. Obviously, that's that's going out. So presumably, you've, you're entirely 
finished and done on that now we are done with season one season yes, one actually we got found a second it, season yeah yes so season uh, is what we're working on right now we're very excited to be able to keep going mm. obviously one because it's always nice to work um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah uh but no i i don't know i just i really kind of fell in love with the show in season one and especially on a show you become very attached to the characters and the world that you've kind of helped create and so it's always fun to be able to go back and dive back into that world and mm. live there again for a while so very excited about uh about season two you've got season two of that coming up ed have you got anything else lined up that you can talk about right now i do have some things i can't say what they I, are right now fine quite often them, that's the case uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, one of them is a series that's coming up that is going to be super interesting and a lot of fun. But yeah, it's always frustrating because it's like, oh, yeah, there's all these cool things and yeah. uh, you can't say anything about it. Then everybody in the back of their head, they're, they're thinking, nah, he's lying. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's incredibly common the amount of people that are like, yeah, no, I've got a load of things coming up and I can't talk about them. Particularly if they're people working in video games, it's impossible because <laughs> they're just not allowed yeah. to say anything without getting like, really told off by uh, the uh, developers. So. Exactly. Last couple of questions for you, and these are the same yeah. for everybody. Uh, first question is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Let's see. You know what I really enjoyed and I thought it was fantastic? It was another Apple TV Plus show, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. I've, I don't know if you've... Yes, I've, I'm about halfway through that. I haven't got all the way through it yet, but it, that's hilarious. Just I, hilarious. Just, I, I just finished it and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and like you said earlier, yeah, the the shows Apple has been putting out are really great. Um, yeah. Earlier this year, I watched the morning show. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, that's, that's another one. I can't wait for, uh, for season two, such great characters and, you know, interesting topics. But yeah, I would say uh, the Mythic Quest. That's uh, that's my favorite right now. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. And, you know, it's really funny. But I think what makes a great comedy is when it also has a lot of depth to it. Yeah, and so I think it has a lot of heart. And so I enjoy that. Also, it's I love just kind of how authentic it is, even though it's yeah. satirical. It's it's very authentic to kind of the gaming world and community. And but yes. it, it, it's satirical, but in such a respectful way. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very much it. Re- reminds me quite a lot of silicon valley that show yeah. uh, it, it has that same sort of vibe to it but it's it's that sort of feel to it but uh yeah i do i i love that show it's it's brilliant the apple stuff has been superb across the board i think uh i thought c was fabulous and for all mankind as well i thought were both brilliant shows they've really been knocking it out of the park yeah. and uh i'm excited that i actually get to sit down and watch uh, watch home before dark with my whole family because they haven't seen anything right um, it'll be interesting to see uh, see what they think uh, see see how they enjoy it yeah yeah last question for you if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show can be something historical from the past can be something present on air right now or it could be some sort of future thing future genre maybe that's you know that's an interesting question i think about that sometimes and on one hand there are you know great movies or great shows that i love them so much so it's like well 
I, I wouldn't do anything different. So yeah. why would I score it? Because I would, I, hopefully I would just do the same thing and it would be amazing like that. But if, I guess if, if I could do something that really appealed to me or that I, that I would think I'd really enjoy, um, it wouldn't be something that's been done, but maybe like a new series, something in the Star Trek world. I'm a big right. Star Trek fan. Yeah. And so I, I think to be able to uh, score a Star Trek series would be super fun. Again, I wouldn't want to redo any of the ones that have been done because they're just all so good. Yeah. And, and everybody has done such a great job. And like Jeff Russo did an amazing job with the new ones. And so I, I want to be able, that's also my escape. So I want to be able to just go and enjoy it and not have to think about work. Yeah. Uh, but it would be super, uh, I love the world so much. Big Trekkie. So I, I think doing a Star Trek series uh, or movie uh, would be super fun sometime. Yeah, I've interviewed Jeff a few times. The work on Picard and on Discovery is just amazing. Yeah, what's really exciting for me is TV has really just moved into its own. It's it, you know, it used to be, you know, cinema was so far ahead of anything that you could watch on television. Uh, and now the series that are being produced uh, and put out there, it's a really exciting time and so it's it's fun to be a part of kind of this new television renaissance where these shows they feel like a movie they feel cinematic i know some people mm. uh, some people actually watched the home before dark trailer and they thought it was a movie right. which, yeah, which yeah. was ex which was exciting to us because it's like oh good because we want it to feel like a movie yeah and i mean so many of these shows are basically 10 hour movies at this point you know so yeah exactly which which is kind of fun because it gives you a chance to really dive into the characters more you get that much more attached you get a chance to have these kind of long story arcs and you get that much more invested so yeah, it's a fun it's a fun time to be in television right now. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the show. I'm really glad it's you've got a second season out of it. So uh, if it's anything like any of the other Apple stuff, it's going to be fabulous. So very much looking forward to watching it. And uh, hopefully you can come back on either when the second season comes out or whenever the other project that you can't talk about comes out. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, definitely binge watch it uh, this Friday. Also, the soundtrack comes out this Friday. Oh, great. Uh, as yeah. well on Apple Music. So hopefully the uh, the soundtrack geeks will love listening to that. I put it together in such a way that, you know, I've always loved listening to scores and so I'm a big soundtrack fan. So hopefully they'll uh, enjoy how that, that was put together. Fabulous. Uh, have a good time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right. Cheers. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.